Welcome to the family with Packmaster Ralph Toy Basher MD and Andy Rampernock. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Oh, this is a real uplifting song. Very quiet. It's really, really, really quiet. Speak the hell up, Pink Floyd. Or not. Mother, do you think you like this song? <laughs> oh my God, that, that well, cheers you right up. It is Pink Floyd. All right. They're not the most cheerful band in the world. There you go. Thank you very much. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another show. The women are not here today. Alex is uh, getting her hair cut, and Catherine is waiting at home for our couch that we ordered four months ago to be delivered. Oh, it's finally coming? Finally coming after oh, four months. Did they finally make it? I don't know. what they, with, with this COVID thing, Nothing. You get. it takes months to get anything. Jeez. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. It's just the way life is. Yeah, four months ago, they put it on the truck to drive it. The truck drivers are out and about. They're not getting COVID. They're in their truck. Yeah, well, that's true. It is true. I don't know why they didn't, but they didn't, and that's just the way life goes. It just it is pretty amazing. So, for the record, it's a fraternal show today. A fraternal. Mm-hmm. Any female guests or woman guests? Uh, no. Nope, both men. Yep. Oh, musicians though. They're both music people. So that's good. Uh, ladies, you, you know, I'm just looking at the... Oh, by the way, today on the KQ Morning Show, I have an all-time record on the show after 30... What, 35 years almost of being on the show. We're in our 35th year right now of being on the KQ Morning Show. I got a text saying that I was uh, uh, so far right, I sound just like L- Rush Limbaugh. Is Rush Limbaugh even on the air still? Yeah, he is, but not I, for long. I, I haven't think. heard anything about him in like 15 years. Well, I think he's dying. 
Oh, that's right. He is, isn't he? <clears throat> I think he is. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's got something not great. His going show on. still is huge. Got millions and millions of listeners. But um, so yeah, they said that I that I sounded like Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. and then about 20 minutes later, I got a text message that said, <laughs> "My God, you're far left." Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Okay, well, apparently I can't win. I got no shot at making it out on either side of this deal. But but I suppose if you're really, really far right, you're going to think I'm far left. And if you're far left, you're going to think I'm far right because I'm pretty moderate, actually. I mean, I'm opinionated. That might be one of the things. Like, I think the, the reason that that one person got mad at me and called me Rush Limbaugh because I said that AOC is a moron because AOC is a moron. Yeah. I, Sorry. I mean, this woman is in it for the money, and there is no question. She, how you can fall for her crap? She's in it for the money. Understand well, that. Yeah. yeah. And the more outrageous she is, the more money she will get. She's going to yeah. get more. Fa- oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's been an insinuation that she's, she's just looking for a reality show when she is out of oh, office. No doubt about it. She'll be getting a reality show. I'm sure that's true. It'll probably be on Netflix because yeah. Netflix is embracing that whole deal now. Yeah. But in any case, you know, God bless her, you do what you do, but for you to believe that she actually gives a rat's ass about this is ridiculous. Well, for you to believe that uh, any politician gives a rat's ass well, about anything. Well, I mean, yeah. that's very, very true. I mean, that, that, that's, that, that, that's in the blood. It's flowing in the, the arteries and veins of those people. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't listen to much, much of anything they say and believe. No. Well, and I think another thing with you know, this whole Roger Stone thing, you know, he got clemency. He did not. He did not get a sentence thrown out. He got clemency. That's a whole different deal than wiping out the crime. He still committed the crime. He's still a criminal. Yeah. He's just not going to do that, what is it, four years in prison or, or whatever it is. I, I don't know. You know, I, I was talking about that whole situation, and they're like, oh, giving clemency to this guy. It's like Barack Obama gave clemency to 1,710 people, yeah, including terrorists, Honestly, by the I way. don't think the president should be able to do that. Period. I couldn't agree more. It doesn't make sense that they can just decide, nope, you're uh, not serving your time anymore. It's like they're not right. judges, you know, they're not lawyers, they're not anything having to do with the judiciary system at all. So why do they get that power? It's very strange. It is very strange. And by the way, people who just heard me say that, some of them are going to hear me hear hear me that I that I supported Roger Stone when I didn't. I've pointed out very clearly he's still a criminal. You know who the hell he is. And some of the people are going to think that I supported uh, supported uh, uh, liberals because I talked about Barack Obama giving clemency to 1,710 people. So it's the, it's what you hear. It's not necessarily what I say. That's right. What you want to hear and how you want to project and project your feelings and your beliefs on what you hear. Yeah. It, it's all about that. And you only want to listen to things that you want to hear. You don't want to hear, uh, you know, if you're conservative, you don't want to go on NPR and hear the, the liberal viewpoint. And if you're uh, the the, the paranoid uh, liberals you don't want to go you don't certainly don't want to listen to rush limbaugh you don't want to listen to fox news no. you don't want to listen to this alternate uh editorial no, comments well i actually when i go on the internet i like to seek out not not fringe but you know not moderate viewpoints from both sides because i do like to hear what people are you know thinking that's exactly saying. right andy that's smart i like to i go on you know, very, very left-wing areas and very, very right-wing areas. So, so do I, I yeah. Kind of get, you know, a barometer of how the whole political environment is going and, you know. So those are all on the dark web? Not dark, not dark, <laughs> dark web, dark bad. Web. 
Oh, you mean like the Nazis? You don't go to the Nazis. You don't go that far. The Nazis think so. You don't go that far right, or you don't go to the communist website yeah, that far I, left. Yeah, I don't need to ask the Nation of Islam what their opinion is because I already know it. You know that guy that was executed this morning, that David Lewis oh, Day or whatever his name is. David Lewis Day is his name, I think. I don't Lewis understand Day. why he killed a, an arms dealer or a gun dealer and his wife and their daughter because he was establishing a far right uh, a far right colony in Idaho. So what the hell's that got to do with a guy in Arkansas selling guns? Well, his name wasn't David Lewis Day, so it wasn't. I'm trying to find out what you're talking about. It wasn't about. David Lewis Day. I thought for sure that was his name. Anyone on the uh, chat know what he's talking about? David Lewis Day? He was executed this morning. Daniel Day-Lewis? <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, that's it. No, it's, uh, here we go. His name is, uh, come on, where is your name? Your, here's the story, where's the name? Jesus Christ, would you just show me his name? Um, his, uh, his, na- his last name is Lee. Where the hell is his name in the story? It's Daniel Daniel Lewis Lee. That's what it is. Not Day, it's Daniel Lewis Lee. I think you were thinking of Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis probably was. Daniel Lewis Lee is his name. So this is in Idaho? Um, Or Arkansas? Well, he killed an Arkansas Arkansas, family. So it might be in Arkansas. No, Indiana. They executed him in Indiana. So he probably... Oh, it was a federal execution because it was across state lines. That's right. why. <clears throat> exactly. So he got they handed him his ass Ooh. in Indiana. So he was a white supremacist, and then he stopped being a white supremacist, and then he killed someone. Okay, so, so what he's I'm thinking... hearing is you ought to stay a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anecdotal experience. Maybe you just stay a white supremacist. You know, when you were a white supremacist, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. You were a good guy. All of a sudden, you're even keel, and you're killing people. <laughs> People are insane. When are we going to understand that? A high number. You're a doctor. What do you think the percentage of people who are seriously mentally ill is in America? 100. Oh. 100%. Oh, seriously, seriously mental ill you know, and mental illness, you know, a way less than maybe 5%. But people that have some sort of illness that's being treated, you know, I would say 75%. So they're not thinking clearly. Yeah, you know they're seventy-five percent. I'm just saying, based on the patients uh, that I see, but I, I may see a skewed population. People that are they're taking something for an antidepressant. Oh God, or, you would not believe how many people are on antidepressants. Or people that are, you know, you know, it's just you just there's mind-altering drug or alcohol. That's the other thing. And alcohol is a mind-altering drug it is, yeah. that people yep. will treat themselves with. Uh, you can even talk about cigarettes as being a mind-altering drug. People that with psychosis. Well, even smoke. this. I mean, caffeine in the soda it alters the way I think. It is psychoactive, technically. It is, yeah. Yep. Except for me, because I'm not lucky enough. <laughs> you mean you're not you're it not lucky do enough for what? Oh, the caffeine doesn't do anything. I wish to you it at all. woke me up, but it doesn't. Looks. Yeah, it, yeah it's uh, anywhere from about. Eight to twenty-five percent, depending on who you're polling, uh, are using psychiatric drugs. Yeah, but it depends on how. Well, of course, that's that depends on how you define psychiatric drugs. I think this is prescription. Oh, prescription. You know, but if you broaden the list, you know, it is. It may. It's it's seventy, eighty percent. 
Oh God, yeah. You know, and every person who drinks in excess is self-medicating. You don't do that unless yeah, you're self-medicating. True. Yeah, you're, I would you're, agree you're, with try, that. you're trying to clear or your mind like of something. Someone who yep. smokes weed every day—that's self-medicating. Okay, so eighty percent of the people in the United States are on psychiatric drugs. No. Is that? Well, oh well, if you're including alcohol and weed, then I would say eighty. And cigarettes is probably, and caffeine. I mean, it's just, I'd say yeah. that's a low ball then. But yeah, yeah low ball at eighty percent. Yet we want to go without a police department. What a great idea. <laughs> what, that makes sense. That's clear thinking right well, there. Well, God, remember what happened the last time the government tried to ban alcohol? The entire oh, country God, yeah. just murdered yeah. each other. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen again. They're going to have to realize. And again, if you, if you get rid of the cops, the people that are going to get slaughtered are poor black people in the inner city. Because it's going to be a turf war like you ain't going to believe. That's well, right. Well, yeah. You aren't even going to believe yeah. the turf wars that go on. I looked, I looked up uh, in Chicago, since you brought it up, I looked up uh, the number of uh, people that were killed at the St. Valentine's Day massacre that we hear about all the time. Everybody seems to know about it. It's not that much, is it? Seven. Seven. Yeah. There were seven. They're yeah. killing seven every weekend. They might, probably, they might be killing twice as much every week in Chicago. One-year-old kid? More than that, yeah. yeah. One-year-old got shot to death uh, yesterday, you know, or excuse and, me, Sunday. You know, the, the news, newspaper in Minneapolis is uh, giving the line score for uh, COVID cases, you know, uh, total number mm-hmm. total number diagnosed, uh, uh, no total number dead, and there's another in that line score, that, that three, uh, that triptych that they always want to report. They should really should start uh, reporting the line score of uh, Chicago deaths, uh, just to see that. I mean, I it, couldn't it, agree it's more. Let's see. How a many, horrible thing. How many days has it been in this year so far? So let's see. It's a seven days. 210. It's like <laughs> about 220, we'll say. Yeah, pretty close. Right about there. 220. So in Chicago alone, nine people have been shot every day this year. Nine every day. Now. 1,800 people. Uh, 2,000 people. 2,000 people. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, okay. 2,000 people have been shot in Chicago. Yep. Just this year. And how many died? Uh, 358. If you want to learn like something. Two a day. If you want to learn something, it sounds like a joke site, but it's not. HeyJackass.com. It's got all of this information Does on it Chicago. really? HeyJackass.com. Shot and killed, shot and wounded, shot by police, police shot, you know. We got to take a break because we got to get to Ronald Bell coming yes, up. We do. We'll be back with the family. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, The owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page. 
and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner. They hit it off and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. I'm rocking out, man. Rocking out. No doubt about it. So, yeah, we're cool in the game. We got it all figured out. Gonna, oh, play a little good Jungle Boogie, man. Jungle Boogie out the boogie. Get up over to get down. <laughs> I love Cool and the Gang. Did they, write, so great. did they write all their music or was it? Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, Robert and Ronald, I think, wrote all the, I can ask him. Huh. Well, you can ask him. I can right ask now. him right now. Mr. Ronald Bell, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I am terrific now that you're here. You're, you're talking to one of your biggest fans in the entire world. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, you've heard that before. I bet sounds like somebody. You've heard that from one or two people before, huh? Well, maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one at a time. Yeah. Cool and the gang. This is uh, this is pretty amazing. Cool and the gang. A celebration of 50 years of hit making and touring as the world's longest running R&B group are taking on a new persona as uh, animated characters. So your your character must be looking good, huh, Ronald? My character. I'm, I'm the one with the shades on. <laughs> there you go. You're, yeah, very cool. Absolutely. Cool. And, oh, you know, Ron, I got to get one piece of information out of the way right away because you made me look like a hero in 1973. And I'll tell you why. Because I was living with, a, with a, a black family. I'm a white guy, but I was living with a black family. Victor and Gail Treadwell in Grand, For- Grand Forks, North Dakota. Victor was in the Air Force. And I told him something about Jungle Boogie. And he came home from the disco at that time and said, man, you made me a hero. I look like a genius compared to everybody else. You know what the tip was that I gave him, Ronald? What was that? As soon as Tarzan yells, stop dancing. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like a genius compared to everybody else. (laughs) They they didn't know that. (laughs) They did not know when Tarzan hollered, it's time for the song to be over. You know, this funny thing about that Tarzan yell and the, and the Jungle Boogie, what it was was I, when I was in Youngstown, I was very young, and they had this show on called Susie Side Saddle. And whoever came on there would win a bike if they could sing, they'd yell like Tarzan. <laughs> so it was like a joke for me. <laughs> I yelled like Tarzan on there because it, it was just funny. It was a mindless thing I did on the end of that Jungle Boogie. Oh, I but just... that's where the Tarzan yell came from. So, like I said, Victor Treadwell and Tom Bernard, you... You made it, I, because I heard you, and then I told him he looked like a genius. So he was very grateful for that, and he always will be, Ronald. <laughs> he looked like he knew what the hell he was doing. Ronald, how, were you 13 when Cool and the Gang started? No, I was actually, well, we, I was 64. Yeah, I mean, in 1964, I was around 13, yeah. Yeah. I think I was born in 51, so yeah, 12 or 13, somewhere around. It. That is so when what? I first started in 64. And then when we got the Cooling Gang, I was 19, right. uh, 17 or 18, something like that. 
Absolutely. So ba- basically, you made a good career choice at 13 years old. Uh, I think so. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> you know, yeah, hindsight 2020, you're absolutely right. I, uh, yeah. I don't what. Cool and the Gang was a very special kind of, you know, it was R&B, obviously, but it was a very special kind of R&B because there was some great music, there was some great singing, there were, you know, there were effects in it. It had wonderful dance music. Some of Cool and the Gang's music, just wonderful dance music. You guys covered it all. Uh, you did, from top to bottom. You did a great job with your album. How many albums did you do total? Uh, I think it's 33. 33. Yeah, what, what, some of those are like greatest hits, but I think it's 33. I think it's wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, the combined animated live-action series set to uh, eventually comprise 10 episodes will debut, preview, and celebration of Black Music Month, which it did. Uh, first two episodes, Dirt, Poor, and Cool, and The Real Gang. I think it, the whole thing is absolutely terrific. I, I absolutely do <laughs> love your work. It's uh, you guys always had you were like fun always I noticed there was always fun even was it like a maybe a, a ballad or whatever there was you were still having fun loved it well thank you <coughs> so I want to hear your take on the whole on your career on how you've loved it the ups the downs I'd like to hear everything you have to say sir well um, first of all we had no idea or clue that this would turn out like this. And I always wanted to, you know, I've always loved music since, a, you know, a young child. My father brought home Miles Davis and Dave Brubeck. Dave oh, Brubeck, God, yeah. You know, yeah. The Turk. Those were the two two albums that I kind of remember at that young age. Because I could barely walk because I could, you know, I, I remember I couldn't barely stand up to see how the record was going around on the, on the turntable. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how far back it goes. So round about midnight. And, and the second side on the B side of that Roundabout Midnight album by Miles Davis, it was Bye Bye Blackbird. So I remember that melody. And I remember Blue Rondo a la Turk from that Dave Brubeck album, uh, Take Five. Right. I remember Take Five. But Great the, album. The Blue Rondo a la Turk was more interesting <laughs> to me. And uh, Bye Bye Blackbird, of course, <laughs> interested me on that, on that uh, Roundabout Midnight album. But I've always been in music, always loved music. My family, uh, I found out recently that my grandfather was a master mechanic as well as a master musician. And there was music in the house all the time. And then I later found out that my uh, father, well, he was, he's a prize fighter, or, you know, back in the 50s. And Miles and him used to train at the same gym on 64th Street there. And my mother used to tell me stories about Theolonia playing the piano. And then she told me that had anything happened to my father, Theolonius Monk would have been Cool's uh, uh, godfather, so to speak. So there was music all around, all the time. That is a war. And then, you know, my uncles played Motown and a little bit of soap. That's so long in my, excuse me, my aunt, May, she used to like Ray Charles. And I used to hear Crying Time Again by Ray Charles all the time. And, you know, Growing up, when we finally got to Jersey, <coughs> when we finally got to Jersey uh, and started playing music, uh, I, I met my first good friend was Spike Robert Spike Mickens, the late Robert Spike Mickens, mm-hmm. and that's where I started listening to uh, John Coltrane, uh, <coughs> Art Brakley and the Jazz Messengers, Sonny Rollins, you know Freddie Hubbard, Sonny Clark, all all of these right. musicians. That was our first 
introduction to the music. And then we uh, we were hired to do this um, Motown wannabe, like called the Soul Town Band. And there we learned how to play all the R&B music. You know, backing up bands wannabe people who wanted to play. You know, wanted to sing like The Temptations and Martha Reeves and Dionne Warwick. So we learned all of that music as well. So by the time we got through with that, uh, then we just morphed into having that background from the jazz and the Motown. And then we started listening to James Brown, Sly Stone, and War, and all those groups like that. Santana. And then we just morphed into Cool and the Gang in 1969. And then from there on, uh, two albums, three albums later, our music is the message we were producing ourselves. And that was our first uh, maiden Void uh, album, Music of the Message. And then from there on, Mr. Album, next album, <laughs> well, the first album that we got our goal with was Wild and Peaceful. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, Jungle Boogie came in at. Oh, what a great album. That whole album is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't on purpose. That one wasn't on purpose. <laughs> so <we> got, okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was like, okay, here's your hit music. Because right after Wild and Peaceful, we did Lighter Worlds. We didn't sound anything like, you know, Wild and Peaceful. So we, we weren't really trying to copycat ourselves, so to speak. Right. It was always music. Then we went on and on and then morphed into the disco world. You know, we got lucky with the Saturday Night Fever, with the Open Sesame, which is, <laughs> to me, is my greatest accomplishment as a horn, as a horn player. Because it has intricate parts like the Blue Round of Our Turk or the Nutcracker, you know, and if you listen very closely, mm-hmm. you hear that in Open Sesame. And then on, uh, we needed a lead singer after that because we were an instrumental band primarily in the 70s. And then after that, we decided, or someone told us, we were on tour with the Jacksons and uh, Dick Griffier was, I guess he was a promoter, he told us we needed a lead singer because, you know, you had Maurice White, you had Lionel Richie you know, the leader, they had lead singers. And we incorporated that with uh, James Taylor in the band. And we started writing, like, crossover pop songs. And then from there on, you know, it ran seven years, I guess. And then hip-hop showed up. <laughs> right. Like, we know we were the most sampled band in hip-hop history. James Brown being the number one sample artist, we were the number one sample band. And uh, I guess because of the instrumentals. And then that carried us on through, uh, through that all the way up to the 90s. And then uh, through the 90s and through 2000 and on through 2000 until now. And here we are, 2020, and we're deciding to do a documentary. We didn't want to do a doc like everybody's doc, so we uh, did a little something different. We want to tell a story about cool. Before we were cool in the game, there was a real cool in the game. So that was the story. One foot in the music, one foot out. And until we just decided we're going to do music. And we were going to, you know, make music. Some of us are classically, not classically trained, but some of us had formal training, and you know, most of us didn't. It was all by ear. Oh, it's just fantastic. <clears throat> it's absolutely fantastic music. You know, Ronald, great thing for me. I know, I know you got to get going, and I'll make this very, very quick. But I, I had loved talking to, to, talking to you about uh, music. I've been a big fan forever, and uh, uh, you're six days older than I am. I was born November 7th, oh, the yeah. same year. 
Oh, you know, seven, no seven. Yep, November seventh. That's exactly right. Same There's year, no. November seventh. You're six days older than me, so thanks for being born earlier than me, so I could enjoy your music. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. If I had anything for thank for you being on radio and and being a uh, supportive all these years. I guess you know we're connected in the universe. You're damn right, sir. So we're looking, I look forward to the next time I talk to you. Thank you, Ronald. Okay, let me hear you yell like Tarzan. <laughs> I can go, oh, 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 oh. Not as good and as that's you. way better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can do this there. Get up, and, what and you I get did, down. I didn't win the prize. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't. I didn't sound nothing like Tarzan. Uh, guy thought you sounded he perfect. Didn't sound nothing like Tarzan, but he won the prize. But uh, while the, the album we were talking about earlier, Wild and Peaceful, if you want to hear a great R&B album, that entire album is phenomenal. So, ladies and gentlemen, go out and get it. Thank you, sir. Hope we'll be talking again very soon. Uh, thank you, too, Ed. Thank you so much. Bye. We'll be back with the family. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Being on the road, it's called Turn the Page. Yeah. I thought you'd get Jungle Boogie for me, Andy. I really did. Jungle Boogie. This is a great song, though, too. It's a magnificent song. Andy, do you watch, what, what do you watch on television? you watch any particular TV shows? Uh, not really. You don't really? Yeah. Now, how about you, Ralph? You watch no. any particular shows? No, we typically watch a series on Amazon or Netflix and yeah. whatnot. We were mm-hmm. watching recently. We were watching Alone. It's What's Alone. It's a very. It's a. I find the interesting kind of premise. What they do is they take uh, ten people, they take them and they drop them in the middle of the wilderness. And they have. They can select oh, a handful yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Drop them in the middle of the wilderness. So I says, okay, last person standing gets five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars. Wow. Really. They drop them off. They have no idea how long they're going to be there, and they're out there, and they have to take care of themselves. And it is a, a so it's kind of like Survivor, but less fake. Well, it's 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 not fake at all. Where these people have to well, the the most recent one, they dropped them off in uh, in Canada in the Arctic, Canadian Arctic, mm. uh, and they dropped them off uh, mid fall, and they, they these people were out there for almost ninety days. Oh, God. Well, uh, it was almost 80 days, or just over 80 days. They were out there, so they went into winter, and they had to feed themselves. Two of the people, two or three of the people, had to be taken away because they were starving to death. Oh, God. Wonderful. I mean, it is a fascinating kind of a thing. And it just It's the idea that they are out there, and it's not like Survivor or things like that where they have support and, and all that sort of stuff. No, this is where you're out there, and that's all they got. They have to film themselves, and that's all they got. So they it's have, like Naked and Afraid almost. 
but better because okay. they don't know how long they're going to be out there. Naked and afraid, there's a time limit. That's true. That's the oh, thing. really? So there is a time limit on naked and afraid? Yes. Yeah. So they're out, you're going to be out there for 90 days. You're going to be out there for 30 days or whatever. No, these people are out there until you either get the money or you tap out. So, yeah, wow. that's, what, that's what we've been watching. And then, of course, Bosch waiting for the next season. But yeah, we're, we're, we only just started watching it because Catherine was talking to Lindsay about oh, it. Oh, man, that's it. I've always liked Titus Welliver anyway. I like Titus Welliver a lot, the star of the show. It's a really, really good show. We started watching the show last night. It was on, I believe, Amazon. <clears throat> I think it's on Amazon. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I... But uh, we started watching a show called, um, oh, God, what the hell is it? Mark Ruffalo is the executive producer. He stars in it as twin brothers. This I Know is True. Okay. I think it's called This I Know is True. It's about these two brothers. One has got uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Their dad deserts them. Another guy marries their mother and starts beating the piss out of the boys. And then mom dies when they've, they've grown up. This is one of the most intense shows I've ever seen. I mean, my God. It's Juliette Lewis is in it, uh, at least the first episode, and she's incredibly good in it. The acting in it, Mark Ruffalo, no matter, you, obviously he's a nut job politically, but that guy can act, man. What an actor. You know, that, that kind of a show. And it's, you hear, see that sort of show, and you don't want to think that people's lives can be like that, but people's lives can be like that. Oh, and, there's no question I mean, about it. Your, your, your past history alone, you, you have sort of, a, sort of a glimpse into that window of a psychiatric or a psychotic parent, right. and that is a... It's just part of that. But then all these other things. And there are a number of people who are in that situation as children. And I don't know how you help those people once they're adults. I you mean, got I no shot. I wor- you worry. I mean, you're right. How can you help them? How, how can you reach out and just try to make their life a little bit easier uh, socially and psychiatrically because they're just messed up? You know what, Kath? By coincidence, <clears throat> you know what Catherine said when the mom died? Because the boys, the twins were very close to their mother, and she was kind of kind of weak and feeble anyway you could just tell her her new husband was probably not that nice to her either haven't seen any evidence to that yet but a possibility <clears throat> so the mother dies and one twin has to go to the other twin the 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 even keel twin has to go to the paranoid schizophrenic twin and tell them that their mom died and Catherine said Phew. she goes like that she goes Phew. i said what's that all about she goes do you realize, watching this, that if your mother had died then, you would have been a murderous psychopath by now? <laughs> and I said, you know, you might. she might be right about that. The anger level that I would have had of losing my mother and my father and all this other stuff that went on, I would have probably gone nuts. I probably would have. Yeah, you could have had a psychotic break. Just the stress of that or, or near psychotic break or, you know, you would have gone, you would have gone over the deep end so as my mother would say you're just gone over the deep end i mean it's you know it's it's hard to comprehend uh, what those people i couldn't have watched oh. that show you know, I, I, uh, tom i would have started that show mom dies i'd say i'm out yeah. i just would have tapped out <laughs> i know I'm, i would have tapped out i could not have taken it. i don't have the intestinal fortitude to watch that tragedy oh, it just God, tears me apart it's tears incredible me apart. then of course the the paranoid schizophrenic uh, schizophrenic brother has a breakdown well, you're not going to watch it anyway. It doesn't sound like so I can tell you. <laughs> Lobs his right hand off. Ow. He cut his own hand off. Mm. So they take him to the hospital. Once he gets out of the hospital, they want to take him back to the you know the treatment center where he's been going for his paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. 
they put him in prison. So I can't wait to see what happens to this guy in mm. prison. It's like, holy Christ. Oh. It is one of the most tragic shows in oh. the history of shows. I don't know. I, I don't know where the hell this is going to go because it, it, it's very well acted. I mean, the acting is terrific. Now, you have that. You know, you have that big old bowl of peanuts. You know, maybe you have a bowl of peanuts. You're, you're having. You know, I'm just going to take that bowl of peanuts. I'm going to take a big old jar of Prozac. Put it in the peanuts. <laughs> you're eating the peanuts. You know, every third or fourth, maybe you get a Prozac just to get through the show. Oh, it's like I, I think it's called "This I Know Is True." I think I think that is. Oh. But it, this the brother who's even keel. How this whole thing just weighs on him. Mark Ruffalo plays both the twins. And our scenes, you guys maybe can explain this to me because I don't know how they do this. You know how the guys have played their own twin brother before? Well, these guys can walk right up and put their arm around each other's shoulder. How do they do that? Yeah, well, they did that with Haley Mills and uh, oh, Parents that's true. Trap. That, that's, that's been around for a while. But, that, but now digitally, it's much easier to do that sort of thing. I'm so do they just superimpose the face on the body? Or they they superimpose one image on the other image digitally. Yeah, because the bro, the parrot, the schizophrenic brother is about thirty pounds heavier than Dominic, the other brother. I mean, it's amazing what they can wow. do now. Yeah, so they, they can just yeah, they can add weight. Well, yeah, and in, in in post they can do so much to add weight and change to people's physical appearance, yeah. make you look younger, make you look older. You know, they, they go through these things. It's a uh, things that. Things are getting very close to, you know, not having real people. If you didn't need real people to merchandise the product. Oh, yeah. You got that right. I mean, you could just spit them up. Say, uh, oh, I'd like to have uh, a blonde uh, that looks like this, uh, this kind of figure. Uh, you know, spin it right up. Oh, let's get a little ink on her. You know, put some ink on her face or here there. You know, you just, you could. I, that's happening. That's coming. That's going to. You think someday. Uh, You'll see John Wayne and Jane Mansfield in a new movie. That's right. I mean, Probably. it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. Uh, God knows okay. they have enough. Uh, they have enough voice to uh, to do it. Yeah. Oh, they do absolutely. Andy, are you having a good day financially? What? Are you having a good day financially? I don't really know yet. Okay. Today has Ralph, just begun. How are you doing financially oh, I'm, today? I'm, I'm, I'm healthy today. I'm healthy. Okay, so you're better, a lot better off than the Laughlin uh, family, the yeah. Lori Laughlin. Oh. oh. Did you see what happened to them? I did not. Oh. oh. They put their house on the market for $29 million. Yeah. Sold for 18 Well, $11 million below asking. <laughs> wow. $11 million below asking price. Oh, my God. How much did they buy it for, though, I wonder? I don't know. I can look it up and talk amongst yourself. I'll talk amongst yourself. <clears throat> hey, oh, don't, well, tell them deep and it's slow. It's in, it's in Bel Air. Oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, no. Nice. You're tough to take. Uh, mm. I was wrong, by the way. It was originally listed for $35 million, so it sold for half of what they listed it for. Yeah, well, so much so much of real estate now is like that where, you know, people aren't going to get healthy. This is— no. Uh, no, you're not, not going to get healthy anymore. on real estate, and there's and those those expensive houses. I mean, there's not there's just I no think one re- really it. that ripple down effect of people. Why do you want this giant <clears> house <throat> that has so this so much responsibility, so much cost to to take care of? You know, why do you want all that cash going out? Why don't you buy two or three places? You know, one in New York, one in yeah, Paris, yeah. one in London, and uh, knock around uh, from place to place, or you have one in L.A. too. They throw throw it with an L.A. one in too. So it just I don't see. I don't see. You know, I think this. I think the new. 
I guess, use philosophy with regards to not having a lot of encumbrances is, is really a key part of that, and it's going to start flowing down. But to, I, I just can't imagine what hassle that would be. you got this house, and you oh, well, you know, and the toilet backed up. Oh, it's going to cost you, oh, you know, $50,000 right. to, to clear everything out. And, oh, by the way, you know, that, that Picasso you have, geez, it's hard to get those poop stains out of the Picasso. It's just, it's just a mess. The play, it can be just a mess, and this. Oh, I love that painting. You know, they're just. It's not worth a, not worth the emotional effort, as far as I'm concerned. No, the emotional it's not. baggage is not worth it. By the way, they paid 14 million dollars for the home five years ago and put several million into it to upgrade it and renovate it. They sold it for 18 million, which means they lost money. But what does the newspaper say? Variety notes. Uh, they're still making money from the sale, just not as much as they hoped for. Mm, I That's doubt it. a flat-out lie. They well, didn't make any money. After, I mean, taxes oh. alone, I'm holding that place. I have no idea how much they paid on that. Oh, God, can you imagine? Years ago, friends of ours had a, lake, uh, a home on Lake Minnetonka. They were, and this was, and this was a modest uh, kind of home, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. on a little bit of uh, acreage on the lake. Mm-hmm. They were paying $100 a day in taxes. Yeah, that's pretty gross. We got a friend, 1000 a day, 365 Gs a year in property tax. Well, he's on 15 acres on Minnetonka, though. 15 acres. Well, he's, even... He lives right down the block from you. Oh, oh my neighbor. <laughs> I, a good friend. Yeah, I'm sure he's a close friend, close <clears throat> personal friend. Yeah, that, it, uh, those are odd odd choices. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I would never be able to. I hate paying interest to yeah, begin we, with. I but. guess you could have all the... Oh, you could have all the money in the world, you don't have it, but it just seems like the opportunity cost of just the taxes. You know, I'd, yep. I'd much rather have a condo someplace, a couple of condos yeah. knocking around. There you got that you much go. money. Why do you got this giant house? It, I it agree. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we will take a break, come back with hour two with the family. <laughs> 